Couldn't figure it out. All right, hey, we're live, boys. Hey, everybody, welcome to KBN Live. We are uh, coming at you live tonight with Drew Gregory. I, I'm Jeff Malott. We got Ryan Lambert up there. We are your host. Is that better, Ryan? I didn't call you co. I like it. Co-host. I like it. We are yes. your host. So, if you're just jumping on here with us, uh, please help us out. Give this a share. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast later, give it a review. That'll help us out as well. Uh, and like I said, we've got Drew Gregory with us tonight. Drew, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Oh, guys, I am pumped up. I'm so excited to talk to you tonight about a ton of cool stuff, and I can't wait to see what kind of questions you guys have to throw at me. Give it your all. Bring your worst. Come on, let's do Bring it. Bring your worst. Ryan, what Best do you think about or that? worst. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> I hope, yeah, this is recorded, so we do have evidence that you asked for it, all right? Yeah. So we're good. That's right. <laughs> so for, first off, you know, the, the news has been, you know, fantasy kayak fishing. We want to talk about more than that, but we certainly want to hit on that first. But just to test your fantasy fantasy sports knowledge, right off the bat, 2020 fantasy football starting. Who's your number one fantasy football pick? Ooh, if it was season starting today. Okay, so this year, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I'm a Panthers fan. Homer, I took Christian McCaffrey number two overall, and I would pick him number one next year overall personally. But that's just me. He gets a lot of lot of passes, a lot of PPR points, so you can't go wrong with that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. McCaffrey was a workhorse this year. I'll give you that. He was. He's, I mean, dynamic, dynamic guy. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with our QB situation too. You know, if you got some, if we get rid of Cam, you got some rookie. I don't know. I don't know. It could could make his value go up or down. Even who knows? Well, my greatest fear was I was gonna uh, come on here with that, and you were gonna say I don't play fantasy sports. But 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 you're good in my book. <laughs> you're good in my book. You right pass. Now. So yeah, so we can pass. continue this. You continue the test. You pass the test. <laughs> So, uh, that's right. So, Ryan, you want to jump on to? We, we were talking about some of these uh, tiers before we jumped on the podcast, and and kind of asking about some of that. Yeah. So, how did? What was your selection process like when you broke up these tiers? Like, what were you looking at? No, that's that's a good call. Uh, so, let me uh, pull up my uh, my note real quick. So, I don't want to miss any any way we we did this. Um, what we. I can tell you right now, we started looking at uh, 2019's, you know, um, where are my stupid notes on my MacBook? But we started looking at 2019's, um, like, results. So, you know, from all the series out there, whether KBF, Hobie, uh, those are the two main ones, obviously. And we looked at um, KBF's regional uh, trail series, uh, championships, and the overall championship. Uh, We looked at and basically what we did is we just threw people in, in a spreadsheet. So your name was added to the list if you, if you were like top 10, let's say at a KBF Trail Series Regional Championship or the Trail Series Championship. Then what we did is, uh, we looked at the Kayak Bass Fishing National Championship Top 50 and we just put you in a spreadsheet. Then we looked at, um, KBF Angler of the Year, the Top 40. Bam, if you pop there, put you in a spreadsheet. Again, we're looking for names we haven't seen yet. Obviously a lot of these names have already showed up. So then we took, um, Hobie Bass Open Series, top 10, and if you were in the top 10 to any one of those events, boom, you went into the spreadsheet. And then we looked over here at KBN's Power Rankings. It's really cool that you guys do that. I don't think I've seen something like that really anywhere else. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, like a debatable. We have obviously AO, AOI points and stuff, but this is something that sort of you guys come up with, and I don't know exactly what your formula was, but we looked at that, and we thought, obviously, you guys are – you guys know all these guys better than I do. I, I, you follow them a lot closer than I even have. I had to learn so much about all these anglers, you know, getting into this and doing this process. But because they were on the KBN Power Rankings all the way down to top 25, if there was anyone we were still missing, we added them from your Power Rankings. So that's kind of how we got our list. Then if you just showed up one time on one of those things I just talked about, you were in Tier 3. And then if you showed up and you were popping several times, you know, say you got some a few yeah. – top 10, top fives here and there, but really one, or maybe one just once, and they didn't really do too much else, then maybe you ended up in tier two, which is called the Proven Pros. And then, obviously, if you popped a bunch of times, then, you, you know, like uh, we can read over the, the top ten, but, you know, like a Christine Fisher or a Matt Ball or, you know, Jody Queen, Matt Scotch, Cody Milton, folks like that, then it was obvious those are going to be our top ten hammers, and we wanted to give – didn't want to give too many because it's hard to just pick two out of even that ten. So we stopped it at yeah. ten hammers, and uh, that's kind of how we how we did that. 
Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I mean, the top ten, you can't argue with any of those folks being in the hammers list, but why the tier system and not just one big list? Okay, that's a good question. So we did tiers because if you do just one big list, then people in tier three, no one's going to get picked. Even people in tier two, no one's going to get picked. I mean, if you're picking six people, I mean, arguably, I guess that you could, you, maybe some people in tier two would get picked. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty much only going to include all these just top 15, 20 names in the sport for like 95% of the people out there. That's all they're going to pick. So that's why we did it like that in the tiers. And we thought it was easy. What if you set it up? What if you set it up just like, like fantasy football and, you know, you had the whole list, but people would group up. You would have a league. A ten or twelve lead, yeah. and then you could draft basically. Well, you you could do that, but that costs a ton more money on fantasy. That means like you like you guys right now, the way it's set up, you actually could make a group for KBN. Right. You guys, you are competing against the whole everybody, but then you guys also in your separate group, and that's actually this is just like the very beginning of all this. And we can still change a lot and do some cool stuff later in the year as this becomes it grows and it becomes po- more popular. But um, you definitely couldn't have everyone out there and do, like, uh, a draft like that. I mean, at least off the bat, you couldn't. Because we wanted to include everybody, like, get everybody in this. Let's see what's going on in one huge group. And then if it's successful and popular, then we can separate off, like you're saying, make it where they can do individual um, communities like you know, KBN could do their own draft. But then it even becomes tricky because look how many people would join the KBN league with a draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have – hundreds of people in there and if you're the 200th pick in the kbn league who are you gonna get see what i'm saying you definitely need to it would have to be two leagues they're smaller like you're saying like 10 12 people and that's just not how fantasy fishing is is done anywhere if any fantasy golf isn't done that way it's just kind of you could separate into little groups you know what i'm saying like a group but you all could still choose everybody could choose matthew scotch if they wanted to everyone could choose ryan lambert so that's kind of how we have it separated now and we'll we'll keep refining it sure makes sense uh, just, just curious. I did, I'm not a, a fantasy fishing uh, veteran. Played a lot of fantasy basketball and football and stuff like that, but wasn't wasn't sure how that works. So that makes sense. Uh, just so everybody knows, we got uh, Ryan. His audio feed is working, but the video feed is is locking up. I don't know why, but uh, you can just look at his smiling face there, and we can hear him just fine. So we'll just we'll roll that. Right at on. least I have the smile on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to keep everybody updated, I'm continuously drinking a Vita Andy Gator. So just imagine that in your head. You know, swig after swig. Swig after swig. I don't know if I can. Hey, you're not freezing on me. No, you're not no. freezing on me. I, I, so maybe it's I don't know. Uh, could just be the Jeff turn Jeff turn me off. I turn him into a stone cold <laughs> ice sculpture of Ryan Lambert. No, I think the uh, sometimes the Skype to streaming software. There's a little gap in between, but the audio is good, so we'll just keep pressing on. Hopefully, it'll break free, break loose. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this: You talked about the tears and how you discovered that, but I'm going to ask you the question that everybody's asked me: Is sure. why is Chad Hoover and Gene Jensen on the second tier? <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, the second tier is called Proven Pros, and, and, I, and obviously we're doing tournaments here. And back in the day, you guys may not realize this, but um, those guys have fished tournaments before and done well. So we feel like it was it was good to put them in that tier. But but think about it this way. If, if that is your take on it, right, that's your take, then they're probably going to go very low-owned. If you're like, oh, why are they on – shouldn't they be in tier three at least? If they go low-owned, then th- there's, a, there's a good and a bad to being in a tier that uh, above – where you probably most people think you could or should go that's you know obviously everything's debatable there's a pro and con to it because if you if you are just barely you barely kind of make that next tier and most people probably see that then you're going to go very low owned if you're very low owned that means not a lot of people are picking you not not as many people are following you and 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 I mean they want you, everyone I think wants people to win obviously no one's like you know, wishing ill on anybody, you know, no, but no, no. not as many people, not, not as many people are going to be picking you, you know, on your team. So there's a good and bad to it. So if you feel that way, then maybe other people do, maybe but, they but don't. But as we we'll talked see. about the qualification process, though, and how you guys selected your yeah, tiers, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as like sure. tournament performance goes, I think it was just that the, 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 what was it, Eric Jackson World Championships that you guys fished uh, there. That was his only tournament this year, wasn't it? Uh, for Chad? Yeah, 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 for this year. I mean, it was it was a 
what it was is it was also, I mean, that there, you're right, there's one more thing we did take into account. It's just overall, if we knew they were going to be fishing tournaments and they were a good angler, we, th- we could throw them in there like a Gene and a Chad. We know they can fish. Obviously, he started KBF. He does, you know, the show. We've seen him. You know, we know he can fish. So, yeah, we threw those guys in there extra, and it doesn't really matter. No one should get caught up on, like, oh, you, who's in this tier and that tier? This isn't a power, this isn't a power ranking. Right. It's not a power ranking. Oh, if that, if you think that, it doesn't matter because if you think those guys, you say if Chad, uh, didn't perform well in that one tournament or whatever, and you think he's not going to be a good guy to pick, well then, shh, let other people pick him. That gives you an advantage in the game, dude. Shh. That's good for you. It's not, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many people are going to actually yeah. pick him or anything. Yeah. I just, we were just curious. I and mean, a lot of people ask, why yeah. are, they, are you, do you have confirmation then that those guys are going to fish tournaments this year? Yeah. 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 For sure. They I are. do. They're going to so, be, they're yeah, going to be at Seminole next week. I don't know about that. I don't know okay. about that, but, um, no. I know that, that Chad said he's going to fish some BASS events and, uh, you know, I haven't talked to Gene personally, but I've heard from on good authority that he's going to be fishing. Some, I'm pretty, I know he's going to fish the national championship. He did say that and he did get third on Gunnersville last year on the trail series tournament out of 167. <laughs> and you know, so obviously you can win the most money at the national championship of anything. And, and we're going, by the way, if you guys out there aren't familiar to the fantasy uh, game and how it works, we're going on money earn. So anybody who fishes the pro tours, the, the, the Bassmaster one, the Hobie, Bass Open Series or KBF Pro Tour, those 27 tournaments is all that we're counting money for. That's it. So anyway, you can win a lot okay. of the national championship, and Gene is fishing that. So we put them there, and um, you know, we'll see. Uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens in terms of. Does Chad get, get points for money earned off tournaments that he's running? But that's definitely. Basically, those guys got like the the Gerald Swindle Legends exception, yeah, or whatever. Sort of, yeah. We sort just of. knew we just knew they would they would get picked. Um, their name recognition. Jimmy Houston, <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Houston's still out there letting that hair fly, boy. Don't you get confused? That's right. That's right. And then we'll see. I mean, maybe it's like DraftKings. If you play, this is what this is. It's like DraftKings. If if a running back is seven thousand dollars on DraftKings, but then all of a sudden. There's, there's his backup is 3,500 and all of a sudden he gets hurt, the starter. And, and now the price is 3,000. So there's going to be people that are super values and people that are there to, you know, sort of tease you. Cause maybe the starting running back, they don't, they don't say he's not playing and he, and he actually is active, but they don't actually play him in the game, but he was 7,000. So it'll, the proof will become evident as the season goes along. You know what I'm saying? And everybody, if, if, if you're, again, this was not a power rankings. I don't have time to look into so much detail. As long as somebody in tier three isn't in tier three that should be in tier one, we're okay. And as long as somebody, you know what I'm saying, or, or the opposite, someone should be in tier three and, and they're in tier one or the vice versa, we're okay. And then that gives you a value, a chance. And the way you win this game, uh, let's say, let's say, let's take somebody else as an example in tier two that, or that, that you think maybe shouldn't be in tier two or tier one that shouldn't be in tier one. They're going to go super low owned. If that's true and other people feel the same way, a very small amount of people are going to actually pick that person. And if that happens and that person pops and wins a bunch of events or gets really high at the national championship and the person that's very chalky that's picked highly at the very top, let's just use an example like Cody Milton, um, or Christine. I know they're going to be highly owned. A lot of people have them, and they don't do as well as they think. The person who is less owned, if you if you own that person, you just that much money on the whole field, and now you have a major advantage. That's how you win this thing. So you need to find those picks that are the debatable picks either direction, if that makes sense. So, so look, it's not look, a power. Look for some sleepers is what you're saying. Look for sleepers, right, and this was not true. Total, total overall dollar yeah. value on your whole team, right? Okay. That's right. That's it. right. Bonus bucks count. Uh, things like that count. Big bass. It all – it all adds up, so okay, we'll see how that you. plays out. And we'll, we'll have a good list of all three trails together, a good money list, just like the PGA Tour money list. So we'll be able to see how much money everyone's bringing in. I don't think there's anything that's that's doing that collectively or, or even a way that's ever been done even on one of those series. There's a list that we can actually see. I don't know if that's true. On Hobie Bass Open, is there a list last year of how many, how much money everybody earned? Was that ever so. put out? Or, okay, so this is cool because it's not just going to get, you know, Hobie and KBF and and Bass, it's going to get them all together, and so really just to promote the anglers. 
and uh, those three trails. So, so it sounds, like, sounds like so, the, the game is going to be within the game. Is predict. I mean, if you pick the guy that wins the Natty, you're going to probably win or be up there. But if, yeah, if oh yeah. not, you're going to have to pick. You're going to have to think about which trails are going to have the most attendance because those are going to have the biggest payout. Because if you pick wrong, well, you're, and you're I mean, trouble. honestly, it's not even about the attendance. Like, it and KBFs is like, even if it's fully attended, isn't it still capped? I mean, it's still four or five grand less than Hobie's, right? Yeah, I think so. At it's, the same attendance, I think it's this year, but that's, I think that's just an interesting part of the game. Under, don't you think you're gonna have to figure out? Yeah, yeah, no. Who's yeah. going where? Who's fishing yeah. what? Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what you got to do. And, and so that's the reason why this is awesome because everybody, all you guys out there listening right now and watching, you can go follow every one of these anglers on social media, uh, and you're going to get information from them. You're going to see kind of what they're doing, and you don't have much longer. I mean, the, it, it locks on the 30th, but um, that's why I think next year what you could maybe do tournament-by-tournament tournament games, you know what I'm saying, or even a quarter of the season, quarter of the season, whatever, kind of do four quarters. But follow them all on social media because that's going to help you at least – get some idea of kind of what their plans are and what they're doing. You know what I mean? Because that is a big part Can of it. Can I get Shane Williams added to Tier 3 because he's my sleeper. He has won pre-fishing at Seminole so far. Uh, I'm putting all my yeah. money on him. So if we can get Shane yeah. added to Tier 3, that would be great. Do it. Send me send me a note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's probably the only bass tournament Shane's going to fish this year, so I'm not going uh, to throw him out like that. Is there, is there a write-in <laughs> option, or is it whoever's on there is on there? Yeah. No, no, you can still get in until um, – so I believe tomorrow is the last day you could actually write us and say, hey, we, I want to be in. Here, Send us a, a photo. Send us a, you know, a quick bio if you want a bio in there, and we'll add you to the game. Uh, send us your hometown. Just do that. Just message myself. For, um, he's he's my uh, co-host on the Hook on Wild Waters podcast. You guys can follow that. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the you know this uh, fantasy kayak bass fishing on that this year as well. So um, – yeah, just, just message us on Facebook. We'll add you. No problem. I got you. Well, we got a lot of fantasy sports fans on here, a lot of guys that do the fantasy fishing, so I bet some folks will have some fun with this. I think, Ryan, didn't you win the KBN League or come in second or something? Uh, Yeah, I, I won yeah. on that one. Yeah. Is that the one with Steve-O? Yeah, yeah you, you, beat me in the, you beat me in the semifinals, you dirtbag, on the last night. But yeah, anyway. you're right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Here comes up. I'm going to slide in. I'm going to sign up on this. And uh, uh, Katie Back, of course, you know, she's, she keeps us hot on them links. MVP. So she has shared the link to the, to the sign-up and also uh, uh, Drew's Hooked on Wild Waters uh, link as well to Facebook. So that, that should give folks the information they need to find out how to get signed up and pick your team and get this thing rolling. Sweet. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. And right now, we actually filled up one group already. I think I had 250 in it, and another one's starting to fill up now. But it doesn't really matter. once the, It just caps at 250. Once we're all in this thing together, we're still going to have one total leaderboard between both of the, the leagues, if you will. So don't don't worry about it if you don't see 250 people. And I think the new one's probably got, I don't know, 40 or 50 right now. So Is there any kind of payout? Sign up and yeah. There's prizes, and you can sign up until the 30th. Right. So you can actually sign up the, the day that the 10 Invitational ends and that money will count it's not going to be i don't think a ton of people are in that but uh, you know that money will count so anyway you can sign up all the way up until the 30th and then um the, ca the national championship the 10 counts um the hobie tournament of champions count some extra tournaments little side things like that will count but again up until the 30th hooked on wild hooked on wild click on fantasy up top and you can Wait you can minute. figure it out well, let me press pause for a minute when is the 10 when is that happening that's uh Friday and Saturday. So I can make, um, I can make a before. team after that. No, no, not the ten, just the invitational. Because that, that oh, amount okay. of money, that amount of money is not going to make a difference. Like you, you know, whoever wins the ten is getting ten grand. So we had to start it the okay. day before the ten starts. But I mean, technically, you could probably sure. see the results of the ten invitational and whoever wins whatever it's going to be. I don't know, fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks. I don't know. I got you. But um, it's not going to make a difference in the grand scheme okay. of things. Of twenty seven. I thought you were saying the ten. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 you can't. Yeah. It's going to lock on the 30th, so sign up by the 30th. All right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, do gift cards count? Like, you know, we did, we had uh, at that FLW event, we had, like, the DZ gift cards. Is that is that stuff factored in? Do you factor in IOU and, gift cards or anything? No, no gift cards. No gift cards. Um, right. and, and, but we are going to have prizes, so this is going to be fun and competitive, guys. It's it's really meant to just sort of unify 
everybody here, let's just all get in this, have a good time, promote the trails, promote the anglers, because those trails especially, those guys are working their butts off to put this on. This is not easy. So we are going to give away prizes. We're trying to keep it free for all of you guys out there that are playing this first year. Um, our website that we work with, it's called Fantasizer. They helped us build a fantasy league out of this. And they cut us a pretty good deal. It still costs a pretty good amount of money, but we're going to try to keep it free. But we are asking for you guys to, uh, if you feel free, feel led, to donate. Um, on the rules page, you can read down there. I've got a Venmo account and my um, uh, PayPal account. You guys can send 5 10 bucks if you want. That would help us out a lot, at least get the cost of this league covered. So that would be cool. We just wanted to leave this sponsorless, completely sponsorless. That way no one feels alienated because if we added a, a headline sponsor and they happen to be affiliated with, you know, BASS Kayak or or Hobie or KBF, then all of a sudden it could sort of alienate people. So we're just trying to keep this all, uh, you know, sponsorless, and we're just we just have fun. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like the idea. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like, uh, you know, this is the first year, and with anything, it's going to evolve and get better. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it'd be fun to watch going down the road as as we continue to grow with these bigger platforms kind of stepping in. I think it'd be cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Now, if you're just now jumping on here with us, guys, help us out and give this this live stream a share. Uh, people can see Ryan's smiling face. It's still on broke loose, but that's okay. Still here, still here, I'm fine. still smiling, Jeff. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still smiling. hearing him just fine. Uh, Ryan, uh, let's get into some other stuff. we got some, some kayak fishing uh, stuff going on. The season's about to kick off. We've got some things we want to talk about. So, uh, you know, Drew, you said you're yeah, up for so, anything, so, so here we'll we go. go. Sure, man. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tell the story of how this this whole this this transpired on my end, Drew. So Drew <laughs> Drew messaged me about you know stats for 2019. Well, in in the Facebook message, it was actually a reply from like 2015. <laughs> uh, so so the background behind that is, you know, I had I had just started kayak fishing the year before. Uh, we went down to Astor, Florida. I met Drew. We actually had breakfast there at the little. There's a little. Uh, gift shop there at the place we were staying it was for the kayak bass series which was the this was the first national level big buy-in event a lot of people a lot of people that are coming into things in the last few years they don't even appreciate kind of what laid the groundwork for this but honestly man uh the kayak bass series is what really you know first kind of put that national trail idea in everybody's heads and and we were down there for the first one there was what drew a hundred and i don't know 16 120 something like that uh guys from all over the country that went down uh jackson kayak went down yeah, maybe. and uh, i don't really remember the total number of people i just remember i got third yeah no, it was it was a hundred something <laughs> it was a tough freaking bite it was a cold front like 36 degrees because that's what always happens in florida uh any Anyway, I'd met Drew and I sent him a message. I was like, hey, man, you know, good talking to you. Like, how did you get to where you're at in the sport? Because, you know, I see this guy down here. He's got all these sponsors. I think Jameson was down there filming you. Y'all were doing a little, uh, you know, a little thing yeah. on Wild Waters. Uh, and, you know, I was I was interested in that. So that's it was hilarious that that was the reply. Like, <laughs> I know. You know, five, think, five years down yeah. the road of, of kind of where we're at now. That was, uh, it, I mean, it's crazy how. How far the sport in itself has has gone, you know. Uh, not to mention KBS isn't isn't around anymore. Now we're sitting here talking about uh, Bassmaster coming on. Like, I, you know, if you would have asked me then if I would have thought Bassmaster would be having a, a kayak trail, the answer would definitely been no. So, I mean, it's it's kind yeah. of fun to sit back and watch where where everything's going. And like you said, you finish you finished third in that one and cut a check. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you did you win or finish first or say in like one of the first like KBF Santee Cooper events? Yeah, I was uh, I lost a tiebreaker. We were tied for first, okay, I guess. Okay. I, I lost it to Tony Yang and got second. It yeah, was actually that, the KBF uh, in, Invitational. So that's yeah, the one I, okay, I yeah, lost. That the very first. That was the really. Story. It was like yeah. uh, they opened it up to open the waters up. It was like some some smaller bodies of water or something that was mm -hmm. supposed to be the championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. I mean, I caught some fish off bed. It was actually cool because they have me, they're filming me. Uh, you know, Chad's crew was there and they were filming me and I actually pulled a, a buck off a of bed and I hooked it to a fish grip on my kayak after I, I scored it. Then I caught the female about five and a half, six pounder and then I let them both go. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Cause that was, you know, perfectly. <laughs> legal. I, don't, I don't know if there's any rules against that now. I don't know. I think you have to let the fish go immediately. I don't think you could do that now, but, um, I actually need to look into that. 
because you know spring's yeah. about to to, uh, to be here. Can you do that? No. Can you not. You can't do that. You can't. In Hobie events yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, Back then, uh, anyway, I just kept it on fish grip in the water. But yeah, it ended up. Uh, it was a good time. It was definitely sort of one of the big events that, that I feel started uh, a lot of this. Um, and then I, you know, I did river bass and tournament trail early on too, just focused on rivers, and that was kind of a, a big. You know, it's hard to be national because you got if you're saying national, you mean you're out west and you know in in central U.S. and whatever. But I was, for most part, nat- national with that from sort of where you are, Jeff. You know, we done some events over there. You know. Arkansas and all that area and then over. So all that sort of is a culmination. You know, Chad and KBF definitely just kept going and grinding hard and took it to another level. And the rivers were more of a niche. So I don't think the rivers ever could have got that big anyway. But, um, but I'm happy to be competing, man. It's, it's hard to run those trails. So I'm happy to be competing. And Ryan, I felt so it, is river bassing, is river bassing over with? I mean, uh, like, are you, are you, Kind of moving on from that. I mean, it's not over with forever. Um, it's it's something that I want to possibly get going again somehow, or, or or tied into maybe some of these other trails somehow. I don't know. I don't know. But it's too cool of a thing. It's now so many people loved it. I mean, they love it, and everyone messages me all the time and says, "Bring it back, bring it back." And I mean, it's just it's so hard on on me, and uh, you know, I got a wife and a kid now. It's just hard, and not that fishing the tournaments, I'm still traveling there, but. Is a different sort of animal. Well, I know you've done you've done some shoal bass fishing down oh, yeah. you know, down in uh, in the South Georgia region, and and Shane, you know Shane and Everett with Yak Addicts, they they used to do the Three Rivers Throwdown. We had to cancel it last year due to horrendous mm-hmm. you know weather, but uh, you, that was always a good tournament. We always had a pretty good turnout mm-hmm. for it. I mean, fishing rivers is is kind of a it's a different animal. You know, I mean it's it's number one trying to pick your water. You got to try to pick pick a stretch it's not going to be overcrowded with people but i mean it's a it's a different logic behind how you pre-fish for a tournament i, I kind of liked it i mean I, I don't think uh you know if you did a trail that was just rivers i think that's much better than doing a river event i think you if you just do one a one-off river event it's much tougher you know as far as the popular sections of water go i think it's a lot harder to get away from people doing that way but i mean i think the trail I like the trail idea. Yeah, your team, yeah. your, your team aspect of that helped because you could shuttle. Remember, I remember doing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, team was cool. But uh, was it a numbers game, or what happened? What was, or was it just a time consumption kind of a deal for you? Well, here's the deal. I mean, I'm doing it part time. I'm working full time with Jackson Kayak, and it, and you're putting just part time effort into something like that. You're never going to be able to get it off the ground. Is you know, big time like you know, KBF Chad put in all of his efforts. You know what I mean? That's like solely what he did to kind of grow that and that's what it takes i mean you can't just you had to make a choice either you're going to go full-time trying to run this thing and i was just like i i would now that there's big pro tours right for kayak fishermen and i'm still young enough where i feel like i can compete and win money and and have a good time and, and just it's more relaxing right just go out there and fish for fun and in a tournament for than sure. just put, put one on so i decided hey i'll still have this energy and, and somewhat youth you know i'm kind of getting up there now but Left. I feel like I got 15, maybe 15 good years of just hardcore, like, going at it How still. old are you, so, How old are you? I'm 40. 40 on the dot, man. I don't even want to hear about it, bro. Come on. Yeah, Jeff's got about Jeff's got about three years left. This is, and, this and is it. This is, this is my retirement tour this year, I think. <laughs> we, we, we thought Jeff went down on us last year. Yeah, we thought that geez, was it. We had to send here. out, you know, Jeff's got a life alert necklace on right now. Yeah, just <laughs> in case. my shirt right there. It's horrible. Reading glasses, yeah. hearing aids, horrible. I, I, uh, <laughs> so, have you fished a Hobie event yet, Drew? I fished a satellite event last year. You haven't I, fished, a, I only you fished, fished, I only open? fished five tournaments. Not yeah. an open. I fished five tournaments last year. That's it. I only had, you know, so much so, time to kind of get into it last year. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, yeah. you talked about you know committing to it full time, and uh, yeah, hopefully you can get to one this year and see what AJ has done. I mean, you talk about somebody that's committed full time work to pull something off. It's amazing. I mean. Uh, hopefully the Bassmaster yeah. Series follows suit, but the BOS is is man, it's it's pro level right now. Every event that I went to was, was that. So way. I had, you know, I had questions about it. I fished the the Kentucky Lake Open that they have, the BOS Open, uh, and I fished it. I think four years now, and I mean it's a good event, it's a great event, but in my mind that was like their one big event. So I'm like, you know, are they going to put the same effort into every single event? And, uh, they do. I mean, it's uh, like, uh, there's no, 
Like I can't, <laughs> I can't knock yeah. anything about it. Like they go all in on every event. That was, uh, that, that was impressive to me to just to see, you know, it's a step up from what we're used to because I mean, even our local stuff, like our, our state championship, we had it at a great venue this year in Dayton, Tennessee. I mean, it's still a pavilion. Everybody's sitting around picnic tables and whatnot. You know, you walk into a place that's air conditioned, number one, after you've been fishing all day and white tablecloths and a giant backdrop and some MLF pros there hanging out with you. Like it's a different vibe. It is, you know, it was, it was a level up and I like seeing that competition, how, how everybody's going to kind of push each other. And you right. see it with the payouts this year on the 10, like the TOC push that bar they said all right we're gonna take 50 guys and we're gonna we're, if you get in the top 10 you're paid and and i like that the 10 is now paying all the way down through the scale because those mm-hmm. guys are still investing a, a good bit to go down to florida to, yeah. to fish that so I, I think it's awesome that you know they're everybody's kind of driving everybody to to move forward and step up yeah i'm gonna be at seminole uh most likely unless i win the 10 10 invitational I'll, i'm gonna try to hit seminole on my way back up so I may see you guys there, uh, whoever's, you know, going to be there. Uh, Ryan, you're going to be there, right? Yep, I'll be there so, Tuesday. So I will see you guys there unless I happen to win the Tinvitational, uh, which I'm on, I'm on fish in Florida. I was there in December, and I did find some fish, so I don't know if you you're still going to be there. there. I left Drop some, yeah, in, I left man. some there. I saw them in December. They're there. waiting on me. And I feel like these fit, this is the kind of bite that won't leave, I feel like, even to, to this point. But we'll see. I'll, i got two days to pre-fish for it. And if I don't win to get into the tent, I'll see you guys at Seminole. I only have one day because I got to get up there immediately that night. You know, on uh, Thursday night, I got to get up to Seminole pre-fish on Friday, just one day. But I'm just going to swing for the fences, you know, just just have one day up there and just see what I can do. Just, just, you, you I make sure I get the bait in Florida. I, I was a little bit, yeah, a little bit turbo crawls. <laughs> I'm uh, buzz bait? I'm, hey, listen, I got a, a video. Bait. No, you're not buzz baiting. Don't, don't tell me that. In Florida. I was. I got a video. I'll show it to you. I'm, I'm going to post this video tomorrow, or the next day on YouTube. I'm doing a preview tournament, uh, a preview video for every tournament I fish this year. And this, since I was down there in December, I'm previewing the ten invitation on the ten. You know, the, the Kissimmee chain. And I've got all kinds of video. Buzz bait, buzz bait. You know, it was warm back there in December, and uh, they were crushing it. So it was a buzz bait game, a spinner bait game, chatter bait. You know, turbo cross flipping into uh, some thick stuff. So. We'll see what happens with that, but I'm excited. To, if it doesn't work out, I'm excited to get up there and try to hit the Flint River. The bad news is I've been looking at river gauges. Flint is blown out, and the shoal bass up there, it's tough. It's really hard when it gets super Flint cold. Flint stays so. muddy generally, but yeah. that, I will say if you're going to bet on shoal bass beating the largemouth on Seminole, is going to be that'll be a close race because there are some there's some nice fish hiding up in that grass down there there's some nice dark florida strand i saw <laughs> uh, shane and cottrell throwing some pictures up over the last few weeks right i know man they're going down there trying to scare people ain't nobody scared of that pre-fishing stuff it'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> ain't letting them fool me we'll be you gotta do it for two days down there big gems yep. every night that's a, that's a spot on seminole if you're looking for some big camaraderie gems. that's the place to go all right well maybe i'll see you guys there I'll be, I'm going to be missing that one. you going to come over to Lake Fork possibly yeah. there, uh, Drew, for anything over in Texas? Maybe, maybe. Ma- Matthew Scotch was, was trying to convince me to get on over there and, uh, you know, visit his neck of the woods. But um, I don't know if I'll be able to make it that one or not. We'll see. I, uh, I, I am going to try to make the Hobie Bass Open on Lake Erie because my in-laws uh, live in, in the Cleveland area, Cleveland Akron. So it's not very far at all. So uh, I'm going to try to get over there and, and hit the Erie tournament. I've never fished Erie. Never. Are you fishing so, the classic on Logan Martin? I'll fish that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be fishing it. Okay. I'm excited about it. So that'll be good. I went over there and rode around the other day, and while the lakes at Winterpool marked some stump beds and road beds and stuff. So, yeah, smart. So hopefully, I'll have something to look for in the spring. Yeah. Hey, Katie, shut your mouth with the Cleveland sucks. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> She's in the oh, hating, hating on hating on Cleveland. Cleveland's all right. Uh, so, Drew, you're talking about you're traveling to some of these different tournaments, uh, you know, between the, the three major organizations, and then, you know, there's some big local trails and regional trails and all that kind of stuff out there. But between the three, there's some, some rule differences. Some, you know, all the measuring is kind of the same, but we're talking about there's, right. there's rules on, on, on pre-fishing, on using guides, on using motors. What are some of your thoughts on that? And making the jump yeah, I mean, it's it'd be awesome if we can get a, a standard out there. You know, I 
I personally feel like there does need to be a standard on um, at some point. You guys can agree or disagree. I'd love to hear your take on it. But I, th- I think one of the big things we got to figure out is a standard. If you're actually getting a pro tour level um, tournament trail, I'm not, and I don't know if, if this is what these are yet, even because they're only what two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars to enter, enter. They're not like five thousand, like you know, FLW or something. But if you're going to do that, and you're going to call them pro tour events. At some point, we will need to put a limit on how many days you like a pre-fishing shutoff period, and then a window on how how many days you can pre-fish. My suggestion is two weekends before the event that Friday, you open it up and you say you could fish five days between now and the, the start of the tournament. That's it, five days max. Now, here's why I say that because here's what I predict is going to happen: the folks that are actually doing this full time. And I say I'm fishing, I'm fishing ten or twelve, but I'm not like this is my job. I don't, I'm not full time doing it. I'm not going to be there camping out two weeks before events. I don't, I can't do that. I work for, I have, I have a full-time job, work for Jackson Kayak. I got lots of other sponsors I do stuff for. So, you know, I'm not fishing tournaments full-time, but there are people who are out there who are doing it and it's awesome. But the problem is if somebody camps out there, there's few people or a handful of people and they're camping on these places for two weeks, they're going to start winning most of the events and, and they probably, you know, won a lot of the events to this point. And that's awesome for them. But the bad thing is the you need we all need numbers we need this to grow so it's going to start eliminating <laughs> the guys with uh, a full-time job that only has so many vacation days and has got the family the kids and you're going to start losing numbers going to say why am i going to go enter because so-and-so is out there for two weeks before just pounding it i'm not going to win just throw my money away to him but here's the cool thing i talked to uh, cody milton about this and i, and he, and I said because he's like he's a guy that can that can do that and i said hey cody um because here's the deal if you're trying to do this for a living this kind of goes back to that original um message i responded to you uh with ryan which by the way i felt horrible man when i saw that message <laughs> i felt horrible I was like, oh my goodness i never started because uh, you know don't I worry, that kid that kid yeah. figured it out don't he worry. did that's what i said to you i said you did a good job you, you, you figured out you didn't need my advice anyway but um <laughs> here's the thing though the biggest part any Bassmaster pro or flw major league fishing they'll tell you they they do tournaments but the majority of what they do is marketing their business relationships and sponsorships with these companies. It takes a ton of time to develop those relationships and develop the content those companies need. They need you out there shooting videos with tip tip videos, reviews, photos. They need content from you. If you're out there two, three weeks, you know, because there's no rule for pre-fishing, you're going out there because you feel like if I'm not out there, somebody else is because they're allowed to. Because they're allowed to, they're going to be out there doing it. So it took a, it takes a lot of load off the shoulders of those people who do have the ability to do that right now because they just don't need to. But they'll feel like they have to because somebody else is going to. So it's a win. So I, I'm going to say, like, so Christine, she just commented, not so fast. Most guys spinning over a week start spinning out. I don't – I think there's no – you know, replacement for time on the water, especially when it's new water. You know, like if, if we all go to some lake we've never seen before, you give one person two weeks, you give one person three days. If they're, you know, semi-equal skill set, the person with two weeks should kick the hell out of the person with, with two or three days. I mean, that's that I don't I don't think there's an argument there. And I agree. I would love to see that rule set, you know, implemented. Uh, I think power boats is a big thing. I know, you know, we were fishing the FLW Nickajack group and I was, you know, so I, I live there and I've, I've, <laughs> I've grown up there. I don't ever fish up where we ran into each other, but I, I didn't pre-fish on purpose because I've grown up on that lake and I don't really like it, to be honest with you at all. So I said, I gave myself that day to pre-fish. I said, I'm going to go out for three <laughs> hours. If I can find a pattern, that's where I'm going to fish. If I can't, then... Yeah. You know, I'll go out to some of these road beds and grass mats and, and try to pull something out. But, uh, you know, so so what's your opinion on on power boats yeah. or local knowledge? Like, do you feel like there should be a lie detector? Do you feel like I mean, how should we implement that? Because, I mean, like, you know, fishing with with a with a, a local hammer in an area may help you more than two weeks on the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. That one I'd almost say let's let's lean towards what they've already done on in the the bass boat side of the world, you know, which I think they actually have different rules. I think Bassmaster has a different rule. They can't talk. Is that right? Bassmaster's one that can't no information. MLF you can't even talk to the other right. competitors at all. So so when MLF was in town, we had a kayak tournament the week before, the weekend before MLF started. 
And I went over, uh, Jason Lambert, one of my friends, he was staying at Chester Frost Park. So we went over and we're having beers and, and he's asked, you know, we're, we're talking about how the tournament went and he's like, how'd you do? Well, that's all I can tell him is where I finished. Anything else, anything else. I mean, right. bait, bite, location. He has to call and report to the, to the guy that does the, you know, lie detector test. Like he has to tell him up front. And, and yeah. I, I think I, I like know, it. I do like it. I don't know number one if we're ready for that level of scrutiny yet, and number two, yeah. who's going to enforce it? You know, because yeah. MLF has a huge budget uh, for for, right. for these kayak trails. Who's going to pay for the lie detector test for the top ten or you know whatever? Like that's a that's another kind of question mark in the in yeah. the growing pains part. I agree, but I do agree it's a good rule to have because um, I actually feel like it, there's some, I don't know, there's some joy and some fun I get out of finding it on my own. You know what I mean? I think other people do, too. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, but but if you know other people are going to be talking to locals, then and if you feel like you know someone that lives there, then it's like, well, I'm within the rules, so i got to do whatever I can because they are. Oh, for sure. But, that, but bass yeah. boats, by the way, um, I did pass you that day on a bass boat with my buddy Malcolm. Uh, yeah. I went to college, college up there in Cleveland, Tennessee, and he's got a bass boat and fishes that river a good bit. And, I talked uh, to him at the ramp afterwards. Yeah. He's like, dude, we catch some freaking six-pounders yeah. down here. I was like, great. That's, <laughs> that's yep. actually the best they news do. I can hear. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, did not, I, I did great in pre-fishing um, in the kayak and with him, but then they cut the water off, and I couldn't figure it out like you could because um, I, I didn't know what happened to him when they cut the water off. But And, and of course, my you, you saw me when my shear pin broke on my prop, and that oh, cost yeah. me an hour, and I was like, this is just not my day. You still owe me a beer, whatever. By the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I do. <laughs> I so, appreciate that, man. What do you I, I, I'm gonna pay you back, but but I do agree. That's the only time I've ever <laughs> been pre-fishing in a bass boat, and I was only doing it because obviously my buddy Malcolm was there. He said he wanted no, to take me out. I mean, but, but um, I think that's, we should. That's the decide. thing. It's legal. Like it's, yeah. it's if there's not a rule against it, where are you gonna, you know? Where are you gonna draw the line, and, and when should we draw the line? I mean, it's it's all part of the the kind of growth of all this, because the more that you see, the more people, and I know Hobie had a big issue with it uh, in the, in the Hobie Bass Open Series on Kentucky Lake. Uh, you know, guys would fly in the day before, hell, they would buy waypoints off a guide or whatever, or run out in a guide boat, and that's what they would fish the tournament on. Mm -hmm. And until there's a rule against it, you can't say it's wrong. I mean, right. it, it may be frowned upon, but it's not wrong yeah. because there's not a rule against it. So, I think yeah. if you see this stuff growing and when when $25 tournaments go to $75 tournaments go to $250 tournaments like right you you're going to have to start to escalate the the rules of, along with that I think. So do you guys Yeah, guides should be out. Dude, guides should be out for sure. For sure. That's that's ridiculous. But but then you know the same thing comes into play though like if you got a local hammer that lives on a lake like what's the difference between him and a guide one's getting paid and one's not? I mean I think if I think if in my opinion if you draw that line you have to just it's got to be an information line like it's got to be you know kind of across the board sort of thing. A lot of the, a lot of tournaments already have rules that in place that once the tournament starts you can get information from other competitors maybe they could just push that out earlier into the week or a week out or something like that. I mean maybe that would work. I like the I do I like the pre-fishing window type deal too. Like yeah. if you want to go fish there a month before the tournament that's fine. But I don't think you should be right. on the water um, an entire month before the tournament. And I'm not saying, you know, some people can do that. Some people have, you know, they went all in on this or they have sponsors or they have a trust fund or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. they can go, go they can sit out on a lake and fish it for 30 days. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. go fund me, whatever. There should be a window. I, I agree there should be a window. And, I mean, look at this uh, Kissimmee chain down there. There's like 10 lakes we can pick pick from. There's a ton of tournaments you can you can look at. There's too much water. It would take you. You need so many days there. You know what I'm saying? Like it just. I would just put a window on it um, and just cap it at a certain number of days. And it's just the honor system. The same way everything else in the water. There's no marshals. All that's honor system. So why not just say, hey, two. Yes, there's a window up until two weeks prior to the tournament. And in that two weeks, and you're including two weekends, so they can have a chance. Plus the days before, which people usually go a couple days before. Um, you can fish five days. You 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 choose which five days. Doesn't matter if they're all in a row. If it's just you go there real quick for a weekend and you go back home, work that week, then you go back right before the tournament for two more days. At least then, if you're somebody who's got a, a 
full-time job, a family, whatever, you can say, you know, I can only fish two days before this tournament or one day, but the most anybody else can get on me is like two or, or three extra days of, of pre-fishing. That's it. You know, you're not thinking, well, good Lord, they're going to have two weeks of the water beforehand on me. So you'll still enter. I think it'll help. Uh, I like it. I mean, I, yeah. I, again, I work a job where I travel all the time. So for, for bigger tournaments, I try to schedule myself to be working near that body of water when I can. And, and truthfully, where I slack off is like <laughs> on, on lakes that are closer to home, <laughs> like Chickamauga or something. I mean, if you ask me if I can go catch fish on Chickamauga any day of the year, it's a yes. Like, I feel like I can go find some fish out there. Uh, stuff like that will hurt you, too. So I feel like if you limit the pre-fishing stuff, it probably make everybody, you know, work a little harder. Like, I would make my five pre-fishing days count, yeah, count. instead of blow off four and be like, ah, oh, hell, I'll go out here and find them in one. You know, thinking I can mm-hmm. catch up to somebody that just spent two weeks hammering fish out there. Do you think we can police yeah. that? Okay, you think it's a? You mean if they, if some rules were that set in place like that, you think we could police? Uh, it? Again, self, I think that that as we see these tournaments grow, Jeff, I really think we're going to have to implement, uh, you know, lie detectors or or whatever for for you can do it for the people you know winning or top five or whatever, but you have to put that in people's minds like. You know, if I'm doing something shady, I might get caught. Like, just that mm-hmm. thought's going to deter probably 95% yeah. of the people. You're still going to have 5% that are going to push it. You know, just like the cheaters that we catch now in these tournaments, you're still going to have people that are going to try it. But just the thought of I might get busted in people's heads, I think, will be enough to kind of, you yeah. know, keep people on the straight and narrow. That's one thing Terry Manley had going back with the KBS, is they slapped that lie detector on everybody that, that won. Uh or at least in the last years of it, they did. So, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe I don't know how much we, that costs. I've never had to pay for it. And that him, was but, out of necessity, though, because yeah. you, I, I mean, I remember that. Like, yeah. you had one guy that was freaking slaying and all the time. And, and there was some questionable stuff that went on. There were, you know, pictures of him next to a bass boat tied up under a bridge and stuff. I mean, you know, they, you have to, you have to keep your eyes open. I mean, we're, we know each other for the most part in this community, but you don't, I mean, you can't just, you can't just trust somebody blind all the time or else you'll, you'll end up with an empty wallet one way or another. Yeah. I mean, five days, I feel like is a good number though. You know what I mean? If, if we're talking about I that do. rule specifically, Agreed. five days is enough where no one's hardly be anybody. Says, I need to cheat and get six or seven because five is like freaking a lot, especially when you got to go fish two more days in the tournament. That's enough time. If you made it like, Two days, limited to two days, and definitely people are going to be more likely to try to break it because they're like, I need more than two days to get an advantage. So I think if you get the number right, but if you do it eight or ten days, then you're going to lose the people that are like, I can't compete with anybody on the water that much. You know? I think I think five is a fair number. I don't think two is enough for me personally because I usually like to pick out six or eight ramps, and I'll do two a day and bounce around until I find either the quality of fish or the numbers of fish that I want to hone in on kind of on that last day to, you know, see if I think I can put together a winning formula for a tournament. Ron Champion brought up a good point. He said the hard part's when events overlap on the same water. And I don't know how many cases we have that happening this year, but I can see his point. Say if Hobie has an event somewhere and then KBF has an event, but I think that would, you know, you'd have to make that more of a case-by-case basis uh, if, if it did occur. I think for the most part, everybody tries to, you know, either work together or at least not use the same bodies of water. I can't think of too many places where we have successive tournaments that overlap. And Ron, if you can, please pop it up in the comments so we can uh, we can talk about that. You know, maybe these yeah. rules and how these how this develops will not necessarily make people pick certain trails, but it'll it'll kind of lead more people towards one as the the national elite circuit and one as more of the weekender circuit or something like that, depending on how this develops. What do y'all think? I don't know. I don't know if you'll see a full division. Um, I think a lot of people want to fish what's closer and what's convenient to them, no matter who's running it. Um, I think that's kind of still the point that we're at until until you see a more kind of loyalist reward as far as the tournament's going. You know, like if you're if you're getting something out of only fishing this trail or or a commitment type deal. 
for me, I think I think it's you know I think it's going in the right direction. I, I really do. I like having choices. I like having multiple events that I can pick from on a, a designated weekend or whatever. So uh, I'm pretty happy with it. What, what are your thoughts on it, Drew? Let me uh, real quickly switch with to uh, my wife's personal hotspot on her phone because I just ran out of data on mine. So I'm feeling like I'm lagging a little bit, or, or do I still sound the same and look fine. the same? You're, look, you're looking fine. Think I'm yeah. fine. Sound fine. You're looking fine. Damn, Jeff, easy. Yeah, thanks. You're looking fine. All right, right everybody else. You're, you're you young, guys look at the comments. If, you're young. If I'm still okay. Your old self. You're looking fine. Now, so hey, Ron's you, point that he made right. was local, local, local clubs running events on the same body of water during a pre-fishing right. period. And I can see that. So I guess that, that really depends on, on how many events your local club is, is running. So for us, we fish Chickamauga and Gunnersville, which are two hot spots for trails. So I think that would definitely take a lot more communication with the local tournament directors on scheduling. You know, can you make your water off limits for a certain number of days? But that being said, if you are running a local tournament, during the pre-fishing period, then use one or two of your days on that tournament. You know, let that be your pre-fishing, but also let that count, you know, for your local club tournaments. I, I mean, I think you could probably work around that. I don't know. I mean, that's just coming from me. Steve-O has a lot more time uh, on the water locally on Chickamauga than I do. He, that guy, he's out there probably four or five days a week in the summertime fishing. So <laughs> I can't speak to that because I'm lucky if I see my house four or five days a month. Hey, maybe we can get to the point where uh, Steve-O and AJ make us sign contracts and commit to fishing one trail, and we can do, like, YouTube videos announcing which one we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. That's... Hey, Steve-O would get real mad at me if I didn't sign with him, so I'd be tough. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is cool to have options. It's, you know, it's going to be a big big year for a lot of people. Uh, and it really probably uh, enabled you to do this fantasy fishing, Drew, having many more options like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait to see how it goes. And I'm excited to fish a little bit of each of them and just sort of see, you know, see which kind of, which ones I like, which formats, which rules. Like you said, there's some things that are different. And then sort of just, if you do good in one tournament and one series, you can sort of lean a little bit more that direction, you know, if you might want to go after the AOI. So we'll just, we'll just have to see. I'm excited. So I'm going to ask you a question. So kind of away from the tournament stuff, but still related around tournament entities. What's your opinion on, like, beefing between tournament trails or whatever? I know you ran a trail yourself, and, you know, like, what? what's your opinion on that? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, if I'm another tournament trail, I, I just sort of, which I was for a while, I just sort of did my own thing. I didn't really, I never really got into a lot of answer or beefing or anything online. I guess I've just never been that kind of person. I don't, Put it this way, I don't really know anybody in the industry. Someone messaged me if I'm wrong that like I'm at odds with, or that you know what I'm saying. Like I just somehow try to remain friendly to everybody. And if someone does something <laughs> to me and they want to start something, then it just never happened really. So I don't know. I just wish that everyone definitely could get along a little and, and just unify a little bit with rules and everything else. And no one trails don't have to promote each other per se. But look at the way. Um, NFL does football. It'll be on Fox, and they'll say, coming up on CBS tomorrow night, you know, whatever, Patriots, oh, yeah, Titans, sure. whatever. If they sort of just, they just do what they have to do, the minimum. They say, this has happened there, um, and they kind of acknowledge that, like that, but they're not, like, promoting on what, you know. But I don't know. I just, obviously, I think it's not the greatest thing for the sport if there's beef, and just let the, just do your own thing, and the anglers will decide, and they'll, they'll vote with their entries, and uh, over time, That's we'll kind of just We'll just let them decide, and you just keep doing your thing, do the best you can, and keep improving. You know, Kobe, like you said, made a, a ton of improvements. Um, you know, over the over the years, and so if they're improving and they're awesome, people are going to fish them this year, and they're going to see that, and they're going to keep voting with their entries. And then, same goes with uh, Bass and KBF, and we'll just kind of see what shakes out. I mean, I hope there's enough people, honestly, anglers that enter all of them to where they all can just continue to grow and, and survive and flourish. That's that'd be my hope for everybody. I don't think that you'll see anything get pushed out this year at all. You know, I don't, I don't see this year. I think, I think the sport is, it, it needs, you know, it needs the options. It needs the growth. It needs the opportunities for anglers. I don't think you'll see anything get pushed out this year. I just don't like, I, I like it better when people can work together. Well, and personally, you know, Steve O is one of my best friends in the world. 
and AJ is one of my really good friends. I talk to both of them almost every day. I know those guys, they care about each other. You know, they're not going to purposefully step on each other's toes. And I think if you can enter every interaction with that in mind, you know, as, as guys that are involved in two different tournament organizations, I think that's better for everybody. It doesn't just benefit them, but it benefits, you know, the anglers as well. I, I think, you know, if you start purposefully trying to undermine the other, you, you hear these back channel conversations at, at fishing shows or, you know, playing chicken yeah. with 18 wheelers and whatnot. Like, you know, people, people are, are looking for kind of, like you said, you know, a unity. Like if everybody can get on the same page, I think that, that all three have more than enough support to, to survive. You know, I, I think if you, if you try to polarize the thing and you start, leaning one way or the other, I think that's when you, you'll see, you know, trails start to suffer and, and eventually fade out. I think, yeah, I think Drew's yeah. the best. People are going to choose, you know, the entry entries will tell the tale for over the next, this year and years to come, you know, and it'll it kind of t- play itself out. Yeah. And, and as far as the communities and the media or, or trails and, you know, having at odds or beefing or whatever you want to say with each other, I would just suggest, and I'm going to botch this analogy, I probably will, but I remember there was a joke about this guy, and he, he went out and he was, uh, there was one idiot in the town, the village idiot, basically, in his town, his neighborhood, this kid that everyone knew he was a moron, the biggest idiot, no one had, no one respected him. So one day he goes out and he starts arguing with this idiot. He starts like just going at it, all, and everyone in the neighborhood sees him, and then his dad get it, he goes inside and he said, what was that about? What were you talking to that guy about? And, and he goes, I was trying to convince him on this and this or whatever. And the dad says, but why? Everyone knows that guy's an idiot. Now, everyone else in the whole neighborhood just saw you talking to an idiot. All they see is two idiots. That's it. So, in other words, if we're, if we're beefing and we're, if we're openly saying negative things, anybody, like the trails or communities, whatever, all the, the <laughs> actual viewers and the listeners and the people watching see are two idiots. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, so, not, so that sounds I'll, harsh. I'll but, agree with that. 50%. I agree with what you're saying. Like, if, if you have somebody that just continually, you know, is kind of a thorn in your side, like, you can't continue to address that. Or, or the only person you're hurting is yourself. Uh, on the on the other side, you know, if, if, if there's something that keeps poking, keeps poking, keeps poking, I experience this in work, at work today in a professional, you know, setting – you can't let somebody continue to bully you over and over and over again. Eventually, you know, you can only be the high road so many times. You have to, you have to stand up for yourself and say something. And, and if that, if that comment gets deleted after three hours, then, then, you know, that's on them. But, but at least you can go to bed at night knowing that you didn't let somebody walk on you. And, and the, the point that I'm making with the whole tournament trail is if you don't try to walk on each other in the first place, then there's nothing there's nothing to argue about. If you just let everybody be successful and you're not trying to to lean one way or the other, then you know it, it, everybody can can sure. kind of coexist. And I see a lot of uh, you know back and forth between what we have coming on the scene right now. And I and I I can see definitely you know people are trying to butter up to bass because they think the bass name is going to be what what lasts because Bassmaster's been around forever. I mean, I think if you focus on your own on your own trail and making it the best that it can be, no matter what the name is on the title, Hobie or KBF, you know, you can build your own future. It's the kayak anglers that are going to choose. Like, there's not many of us that are going to choose Bassmaster just because it's Bassmaster, and I think they're going to run great events. But you know, for the for the other two that are on the the kayak side of things themselves, you know, I think you've got enough loyalty points anyway. Uh, that you're going to have a following no matter what. Hey, let, yeah. me, let me go back to your analogy real quick, Drew. Uh, Kayak Bass Nation, our group page, we've got the smartest idiots you've ever seen, so I don't know if that applies <laughs> over there. Present company yeah. included. So. Well, no, I, I agree with what Ryan said. His response, that there's something to that. You can't get bullied forever. All I would say would, if um, in the analogy, you say, well, take that guy aside in, in private and go talk to him about it. That way no one sees publicly two people, and then they're just going to be confused. Oh, it's just two idiots. Unless they get pulled out, you get pulled out by that person publicly, then you can – So that's the trick. Like what if the conversation already happened privately, and let's say these two entities had a conversation about 
oh, I built this house. I don't, you know, we're letting this other guy play in our own backyard. Well, then you turn around and see them supporting the the other entity. I mean, I know there's a lot of business moves that happen. I get it. I mean, we saw it with with the, the FLW deal, the partnership. Like we we know that there's more going on than just kayak fishing. Like there's you know there's ulterior motives. There's there's bigger pictures involved. But I mean, the people that have been in this, the people that have loyalty, uh, you can't you can't sell out. You can't sell out just because you know something else comes into town. And that's that's I'll say that and I'll be done with it. But I, I mean, I think I think you got to stick to your guns. Ultimately, if you keep getting pushed and you keep trying to work with somebody else, and they keep on towing the line, eventually you got to bow up and let them know where you stand. Yeah. It's tricky. It's a tough situation for sure, man. It's oh, it is. It's I mean, it's, it's tough and all this. for sure. The odd thing is, we're at this t- time in our sport where it's so young. We we know all the players, and that's one thing I, I think I mentioned in my video. I'm going to post it, like I said, soon. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be one of the guys that, that I think most people probably consider one of the pioneers in the sport. I mean, you know, developed uh, kayaks with Jackson, the high low seat, things like that. The, I've been in it early, you know what I mean? And I'm still around. It's still young. The sport's still early enough where you know me. People, you guys kind of know me. I'm still here. I'm not dead, right? So same with other people that are the pioneers, right? So how many other sports, my point is, do you know who, if you're a golfer, do you know who started TaylorMade, Ping, Callaway, and, and do you know if they have beef with each other, do you care? You just go by the clubs, you don't care. Do you know who made, made your – the president of Toyota, do you know who he is? Is he a good guy? Does he have beef with Dodge? Has he screwed them? Public, like, you don't know. You just go buy hey. the best product. That's what we're going to get to eventually. We're going to go Here, get I to know. the point where – Here's what I know, Drew. Boy Duckett and Bass have a beef straight up. But <laughs> but, but, but anyway, I get, your yeah. point, I get your point 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They do. It's the social media that's, that's communication. Social media. It's yeah. But your your goal would be to never let anyone know. For business purposes, you would never want anyone to know there's any beef going on. Period. Ever. And that's the goal. So if you can choose to engage in it and start it, or obviously if it started with you, that's different. But my goal would be, and somehow I've stayed out of all this, you know, best I could, and uh, that's that's what I'm going to continue to try to do. And uh, I think that's always going to be better for your brand if none of that's going on because so so many people out there don't know really who well whose fault is this who's the blame for this and this is it just kind of both sometimes look look worse both you know Spoiled Bucket and Bass they have a beef and they're making it public and come back and forth and they kind of both could look bad you know what I mean hopefully it just turns into competition and competition drives yeah. them to get better just like it will for the kayak world you know everybody's going to get better and improve and try to outrace the other one just like they did in the actual kayak game with the the boats themselves you know uh speak, true. speaking of that we've been here, we've been here now. say it again ryan sorry buddy no i didn't say anything oh. I, I was just reading gene's comment he said hey y'all i just want to be your friend love y'all that's Thanks, a tier, Gene. that's a that's a tier two angler chiming in right there Live. that is a tier two angler hey that is a tier two speaking angler. of what gene the final episode of hooked in wild waters like i got one more left to air pretty soon with Mr. Gene Jensen on uh, the Savannah River. So you guys have to check that out. And the Augusta Shoals is a beautiful episode. I've seen it. should be soon, so you guys check that out, too. Love you, too, Gene. Hey, I've fished with Gene. Gene can fish. I, I will admit that. Gene Gene can fish. He, he, can, uh, he may wear a Georgia hat, but, but he, he can fish. Christine just asked him if he's fishing any BOS events. I hope that he is. I hope that Gene gets to come see see what it's all about. I really do. I know we hype the hell out of it, but honestly, uh, it's 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 second to none that I've that I've ever I've ever been a part of, and I can't wait. I literally cannot wait to see what the what the Bassmaster Classic kayak event is about. I'm I'm very excited to see that. That's gonna be legit. Uh, we're kind of pushing our time. We don't have a time limit, but we're over an hour. We usually go around an hour. So before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Ryan, didn't we want to ask Drew about kind of the future of Jackson Kayaks and what's going on with Eric Jackson and this new carbon thing and if he knows anything <laughs> about it? Uh, you want to touch on any of that real quick, Drew? I, I don't really know a, a lot about it, honestly. I, mean, I knew before it, it went public, I saw Ryan, you made a post about it. I knew that that was going on, he was starting that, but I don't really know anything about it, honestly. So I can't really comment <laughs> on it other than, I mean, it's obviously going to be, you know, 
Eric Jackson is an incredible marketer. He's, he's got incredible ideas. Uh, I'm just excited to see because on the onset, we can only speculate like, oh, man, they're going to be super expensive. Who's going to want that? Whatever. But no one thought that, you know, people would be paying five and $600 for a driver, a golf club, you know what I mean, back when they – back 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know what I'm saying? So who knows, man? That could be the future. And that's, that's like visionaries. Um, they always are seeing well ahead of the time, well ahead. And he may be very much onto something here. We just don't know. And just like the tournaments, people are going to vote with their dollars once that product comes out. So we'll see. If it can give somebody an advantage in, a, in competition, then they will continue to push the, the envelope just like if that – that driver gets you five yards or even one yard extra, you would spend that money if you're at the ultimate highest level of competition. So, anyway, I play golf on the sides. So that's why kind of these are coming to my I mind. See that. Yeah, I see maybe that. We, need yeah. little, we need to get a little fins and skins going okay. in one of these tournaments, maybe. I'm down for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, salute back to Eric Jackson. Do you felt like he saw in the future when he backed his RV off in the lake launching his boat? <laughs> Did he? Does he have hey, that kind of, kind of future view? When that giant RV went in the water, that's where he had the vision for the Blue Sky Boat Works. <laughs> oh, I got you. No, I see. I see. Hey, listen. Last time I saw Drew, he was in a Blue Sky. Uh, was, was it a motor guide you had on the front? That's a big, stable yeah. son of a gun, was, man. Yep. That's exactly yeah, what he was is. in up there. We were in the tailwaters, man, fishing that swift water in the Blue Sky. <laughs> I watched him all day long. I demoed it one a of those. Fun, it's a fun I demoed one at PSR. It's a big old stable deck. I mean, that's for sure. So It is. You can't that's argue with Absolutely. That, it is. Absolutely. Well, guys, I'm good, Jeff. I've got my, my, my punch list has been checked off. Drew, we appreciate you coming on. From me, if Jeff has anything else, we'll go ahead and round that out. No, man. I just want to wish everybody luck that's traveling down to Seminoles next week. Uh, I'm not going to be there, but I'll see everybody at Fork at the end of February. Uh, I'm excited to see the season get kicked off, jacked up to, to see who who comes out on top early. I know there's a new AOY race thing with that. I'm anxious to follow that along, and, and you know, the bass season starts right at the beginning of March. So it's time. 2020 tourney season is here. It's time. So good luck to everybody that's getting started. It's off. But, uh, Drew, we we'll appreciate see you on you, the buddy. road. We appreciate you coming on, Drew. Thanks, guys. Thank you to everybody that uh, you know is watching here, and just appreciate you guys and what y'all do to try to grow the sport in the community. And uh, let's just ha hopefully have the season be amazing, incredible, just a good time. And uh, much love to everybody out there and all the trails, and just appreciation for what they do for all of us. And uh, we'll see you guys on the water, I'm sure. You bet. All right, we appreciate you guys, and we are we are out of here. Catch you next time. <laughs>